Hello, everyone, and welcome to another recap episode of The Other Modern. Um, we're going to be talking about uh, Grand Prix Quezon City, which is the Grand Prix that just ended uh, this, you know, a couple days ago. Um, and today we have myself, Pipsqueak, uh, Dodger, and Ruben. Hey, hey everyone. Um, so let's talk about deck choices first and how we came to that conclusion. Uh, Dodger, why don't you start us off? Sure, yeah. So um, this GP came right after I had won the previous one. Uh, using Nia Ramp, and after I win a GP, I usually try to play something a little more troll, um, or a little less, like, I, I try less to win, basically. Um, and I, I went through a bunch of different potential lists, but I couldn't really find one that I liked, um, like, that I actively wanted to play. So, I eventually settled on a card that I always wanted to try to break, which was Center Decolite. Um... And I think that where people have been going wrong with this before is that they were throwing it into into like more aggressively slanted lists um, and trying to always play Accolade on turn two, where you were risking your opponent just removing it immediately. Um, so basically what I did was I kind of set up a blue-white control shell um, that could like potentially try to control the board um, and then later in the game drop your Accolade with counterspell protection or uh, even just play Tiny Hero and Tani on turn three, and then search up your Acolyte for free later in the game. And uh, that was how I came to that deck. Uh, Ruben, what about yourself? Why did you pick the deck you picked? Yeah, so I played uh, mono green uh, counters. I've been, ever since Mon entered the uh, format, I've been, you know, thinking that uh, all the starter Pokemon have, you know, been... Uh, really powerful. Um, and another card that I've also been keeping my eye on for a little while that I wanted to put somewhere was uh, Caddy, which is a, a the free mana green uh, plus one plus one counter planeswalker. And anyway, I decided to, okay, like let's put together this plus one plus one counter deck, played it in a couple leagues, and um, did some really dirty, disgusting stuff. And so I was like, okay, uh, let's uh, try out something a bit more aggressive. And also I thought, you know, uh, I wanted a bit of a change from this kind of slower, more calculated pace of Bant Flash from my previous GPs. So this GP, I looked in the mirror and I made a very difficult choice, which was I decided to register Exion. Um, and I know that's coming as a shock to anyone who listens to this uh, podcast, <laughs> but I managed to persevere. Um, didn't play persevere though. Um, the the main thing that I decided to do differently this GP was I said, you know what? I'm not going to bother trying to spike it. I'm not going to play the deck that I think is the best. I think I'm actually going to play a deck that I think is kind of bad. Um, so I played White Black Villainy. Um, and I worked on a list that I felt kind of proud of. I tuned it. I made a lot of little decisions and did a bunch of theory crafting while deck building, um, including getting a set of eyes from Dodger on it. Um, and the list that I ended up coming to was white black, no rest. Uh, threats were uh, Mpumo, uh, the uh, Xenocratus fleet, and Villainy, um, as well as a single Monument of Queens and Shadowed Slums because I am nothing but predictable. Um, <laughs> But this GP, despite the fact that it was kind of me doing the exact thing, uh, let's, and, you know, talking about how the GP went, despite the fact that this GP, I had the exact same approach I always do of, I'm going to play Exeunt, I'm going to play some efficient removal, 
Hithwilt's probably going to be there, and I'm going to just hit all the aggro decks, and it's going to go great. And whereas every other GP in recent memory, that has not worked out, this GP it kind of did. Um, so I played against uh, Reflections in round one, um, which made the top eight. I played against um, Thum in round three. I can't remember what I played round two. I played against uh, red-green counters in round four. Um, you want to uh, or? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, it's I can, gonna be I something, can it real quick. It's going to be something awkward like I played against you. Um, <laughs> um, uh, but all of the decks I hit against were creature-based decks that all my uh, removal lined up into. Um, I made some really smart sideboarding choices because I refused to lose to certain decks. So... I had Memento Moris to just completely shut down uh, Thum. I had really good hand attack. Um, and just everything uh, you kind played of... against Orga. Oh, I played against Burn. That was a matchup yeah. that I thought would be pretty bad, uh, but I just kind of squeaked just barely through in um, a I mean, isn't Villainy pretty good against Burn? I don't know. So, okay. A resolved Villainy you untap with is amazing against Burn. You have to untap with a Villainy. Um, and burn can goldfish you. Like tapping out three mana and not impacting the board is really dangerous versus burn. The other thing mm. is Augur's deck was main decking four copies of Curse of Bleeding. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, that one is uh, kind of a, <laughs> so, kind of a matchup breaker. That, that, that's um, a lot of fun. We used to I used to play that a bunch in sideboard uh, in custom standard. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, oh card card scales up pretty well into this format, honestly. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. Um, I'm really glad I was not planning on stand unassailabling my way through anything there. Um, but there was there was a very hype moment where um, she cast a uh, Reckless Festivities, and I took exactly one hit off the top of my deck, and it was the white source that I needed to untap <laughs> and both play vil- uh, and pith wilt the Curse of Bleeding in order to stabilize. Oh, um, yeah, it was, and I was like, well, I'm gonna lose if I don't draw a card here, so I should draw a card because, you know, Augur's gonna draw like seven cards anyway, um, so I should, you know, <laughs> I'm dead if I don't hit this, so I should really just, you know, take at least one hit just in case. I'm not sure what I would have done if I missed on it. Um, I might have been disciplined, I might have kept going. Um, yeah, I gotta say, I was say. a bit I was a bit disappointed that uh, uh, Augur's burn deck didn't end up making the top eight because I thought the Reckless Festivities plus Curse of Bleeding deck was like a really cool piece of tech. Um, yeah, I think that deck is kind of the nuts, actually. Um, I think it's one of the strongest burn decks I've seen recently, um, and I think it leans into a lot of the elements that make burn really hard to, to fight against. Um, I think that one of the like cycles in this format is burn will go from being very lava spikes oriented and usually black red, and then people will start running a bunch of stand unassailables and other tech to stop it, and yeah. then burn will switch to being blue red with plasmatics and being like. A little bit slower, but more creature-oriented. Um, and then people will start playing more removal, and it'll switch back to Lava Spikes. Right. But I think the fact that this is Lava Spikes, but also fuck your stand on assailables, <laughs> is just, like, really <laughs> smart. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Because yeah. it just, like, it neatly dodges two of the um, two of the elements of counterplay yeah. that exist. Well, pe- people over-rely on stand on assailables sometimes, and that's, like, something mm. that, like, my deck t- certainly took advantage of, because I had... I had someone cast a standard on the table. I'm like, okay, sure, hit you for twelve. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something that I think people nice need to, 
Yeah. <laughs> um, something people need to learn more is that stand unassailable is specifically good against burn. And the reason yeah. that I think it really took off in popularity is Cyber and I played it a lot. But the thing to mm. realize about both of us as deck builders is we play a lot of removal in our main decks, which mm. means we usually have good matchups versus creature decks anyway. So stand unassailable is just a really good way of shoring those up because it buys us time to get removal. But if you're playing like a dirtle pile and you have like four copies of Event Horizon is your only interaction in the main deck, and your plan post-board is, I'm going to side in three stand unassailables, and that's going to be okay, that's not going to work versus most decks in the format. <laughs> like, I will just... say that uh, stand unassailable is really surprisingly good in some other matchups besides just burn. Like, um, for, for instance, when I was playing uh, Naya Ramp versus control decks, it was one of my best sideboard options because... Yeah. Like the control decks can't kill you fast enough after you play stand unassailable, and then it, it's just like another threat that they have to deal with um, once you hit seven mana. So yeah, um, I would say it's like it's also just a good card, but definitely it's not like the the one stop shop answer to burn that a lot of people think it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, and my fourth round opponent was Tumbles on red green counters, um, which is a deck that he's been grinding a lot really. Um, I'm the crowd because that's a deck that I built um, upon the request mm. of Dravos. So seeing it, you know, get so many reps in and putting up results really made me happy. Um, and I crushed it. So I went 4-0 in Swiss. It felt great. Um, but then unfortunately, tiebreakers worked out such that my round, my, uh, my round one in the uh, finals bracket was tumbles again. Um, and mm. I lost in three. Uh, unfortunately, it was just like a case of I got slightly mana screwed, and he nut drawed me game one. And game three, I drew eight lands in uh, like 13 cards or something crazy like that. Mm -hmm. And normally, normally I'm someone who I don't like to make a big deal of that because I think complaining about variance is one of the worst things about Magic because Magic is a game with a lot of variance, so you kind of just have to accept it when you play it. Uh, <laughs> But it was definitely a little bit of a heartbreak to me because I know I could win that matchup, and I think the matchup is decidedly favored for me. It's not a slam dunk, but it's definitely favored. Um, and just the feeling of, man, in both those games, I was a single top deck at a single point from winning those games. Um, and also, it's the first time I made top eight in a hot sack. Um, so I'm very proud of how I performed this Swiss, but I'm disappointed the top eight didn't shake mm -hmm. out. Um, Dodger, how did your uh, run go? Uh... So it's kind of same as always, surprisingly decent, uh, given that I always seem to think a lot less of my GP decks once I actually play them in the GP, but then I win regardless, so it's kind of like uh, shrug emoji, I guess. Um, <laughs> I, I, so round one, I played against Ruben, um, yeah. which, uh, spoilers, I got a rematch later. Um, and I think after playing about five games of the matchup, I think that Ruben's favored here, mostly because... A lot of my anti-aggro tools were more tutor, uh, sorry, uh, like directed specifically towards burn, um, and just like trying to jump block with like Akronis's command tokens and Acolyte tokens and uh, uh, Toddy tokens, but like it doesn't stop trample. So mm, mm. basically, I just had to hope that I could draw as many um, of my exile removal spells as possible and try to like get those on curve quickly enough to stop the crazy snowball of the counters. Um, and I think I ended up winning game three because I was on the play and Ruben, uh, Ruben had a turn one hierarch ranger, right? 
So I had um, I had the option of either playing out my center deck lay on two, in which case I would get blown out by Bessie's Brood. So it's kind of a risky play. Or I could try to play it safe, but I knew I didn't have counter magic in my hand, so holding up mana on turn two wouldn't get me very far anyway. Um, so I decided to turn out the Acolyte. Ruben missed his third land drop. So then I, I was able to untap. I uh, drew out-of-body experience for the Hierarch Ranger, and then Ruben didn't draw another land for the rest of the game. So it's kind of yeah. a free win. But at the end of the game, Ruben reveals his hand that has multiple Bessie's Broods. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, well, okay. Usual, I'm a goddamn lucker. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because Bessie's Brute was one of the best cards I had against your deck specifically because it's like all your things are small and I just gobbled them up and, you know, uh, dismantle your plan. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, the one game I did win was game one, I believe. Um, yeah. Like the, the one that game the, that was, was like, that the, was that the Fog Spewer game where like you end up uh, having more creatures? Or yeah, so there was a game where I kind of was able to set up enough creatures on my board that I had more than you, and then your Fog Spewers were actually turned off. Yeah, yeah, funny. and it, and it was like preventing me from playing the caddies in my hand. And stuff, and it was like, oh, <laughs> yeah, but you also you also did get a game in game two where I orchestrated Sprout Thought on turn one, and then you played Thought mm. uh, Fog Spewer, and I was like, well, fuck. <laughs> yes, I remember that. Yeah, I was that pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, I think like with our like with our rematch, I think I like I I did my sideboarding a fair bit differently and like playing mm -hmm. like as in the I didn't really know how to approach the matchup in our first uh, right yeah couple of games, and I think uh, that definitely was to my detriment. And but it was mm -hmm. really yeah, like because I initially thought I was like quite unfavored, but I think I now like after thinking about it more and having played more games that yeah I think I am slightly favored because um, yeah you're right like you just can't stop some of the huge trample threats and the Bessie's brutes can really threaten you and yeah it feels like if I get the correct draw I can't lose but that draw doesn't come up very much mm -hmm. in that matchup specifically um so round two I played against Caillou who uh was on kind of the Bant heart attack, except not heart attack, just kind of using heart to play giant children in the clouds and stuff like that. Um, I don't remember too much about the match, except that we we each took a game, and then game three, uh, I played Center Acolyte and Panya on turns one and two, and Caillou out-of-body experienced both of them. <laughs> um, but then Caillou was stuck on two lands, and I basically just kept drawing counter magic because I had four times the gate in the sideboard and I brought them all in, kept in all my regular counter magic. So it was just a case of me beating Caillou to death with the two elementals while <laughs> I counter every single spell that Caillou tried to resolve. And uh, that was probably pretty salt inducing from his end. But uh, so yet again, I got a goddamn lucker win. <laughs> At this point, I was like, should I be 2-0? Should I be 0-2? Who knows? Um, I played against... Uh, Egg in round three, who was playing a black-white um, kind of like theocracy pile with a bunch of like random small synergies between the two drops. And I we had played this matchup before when we were testing for the GP, and there was a... It turns out if you play Toddy Mirrors, it's oh, really God. obnoxious, because <laughs> <laughs> if one person has one more creature than the other, right... Oh, and then no. you get two gnomes, and now you have one more creature than your opponent, so then they can get two gnomes. 
and it's just a and, mess. And, and neither person can search like uh yeah neither person can search uh <laughs> no one's gonna die because you're just gaining life and like it's just it's just a big a big uh for lack of a better word clusterfuck um luckily for i guess both of our sanities neither of us really drew panyas or not panyas toddies um egg won the game won the first game by getting an early guru drowner um and like attacking my hand using um other forms of hand attack as well in game two and three i thought i was going to lose both of them but basically i just sideboarded in children of the clouds and was able to um stabilize the board cast children for like four and then on my next turn cast like two spells and attack egg for a million damage mm -hmm. with all the birds um so that was cool children Children was so good in the matchups where it was on, um, and so bad in the matchups where it wasn't that I was happy it was in my sideboard. Yeah, um, no, I've been really impressed yeah. with children. Uh, like, because I oh yeah, I mean I, it's, I, it's I, an absolutely had, insane card. Yeah, because I played a couple of copies in Bant Flash, both yeah. in Leeds and Lost GP, and it was like, oh man, when games go long and you just you know <laughs> stabilize, flood the board with like six one ones, and yeah, yeah. it's just. So, like, if you run into a matchup where, say, you're playing against, like, control, then you're almost never going to be able to cast it before the game's over. Um, hmm. So, game, it's round four. I played against Anna. Um, she was on Mardu Aristocrats. Um, this is kind of a weird match because game one, Anna didn't end up, like, Anna didn't end up playing much, and I ended up controlling the board until I had... Um, Center I come down and I honestly don't have game. Dodger, I think you're cutting out a bit. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, um, so I'm not sure what percentage of that will make it into the final podcast, because I, I couldn't hear most of it, unfortunately. I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, should I keep going, or should I just stop? I currently finished round four, but... Yeah, yeah I we mean... Didn't hear, we didn't hear any of the round four, but anyway... Just, uh, uh, oh. you, can, you can keep going, but uh, maybe summarize things more, I think. Okay, sure. Yeah, so uh, pretty simple. Um, round five played against Tilgrain, who was playing Blue Red Burn... Um, I think my match, my deck was, I won it pretty easily. Turns out Acronis' command is insane against Plasma Addict. And then, uh, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, then the like, last... so insane, yeah. you steal it, untap it, give it a counter, like, create two one ones or whatever. It's yeah, absolutely it's... nuts. Yeah. And... Round six. Okay. I... Yeah, I can no longer uh, hear you whatsoever, yeah. unfortunately. Shit. Okay. Sorry. Uh, we'll go ahead. Um, okay. Ruben can talk about it, I guess. Yeah, maybe, maybe, uh, yeah. well, Dodgers. You'll get a different perspective, so. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so, yeah, uh, playing mono green plus one plus one counters, Hagro. 
uh as dodger mentioned uh round one we played against each other um and i lost um yeah all the yeah basically as soon as toddy came down uh in the first game i was like oh i can't really beat that with about trample and um yeah i kind of realized that like you know just like stalling with fog spewers and stuff wasn't really gonna work because the dodgers is gonna have more things than me and uh control my stuff but um i also realized how important uh like sometimes holding back a little bit uh to keep up my blossoming defense was because uh yeah lots of people playing just like single target removal and life gain to handle burn and <laughs> it turns out if you you know just stop their one uh their one removal spell you can often just kill them um so even though i still lost against dodger uh definitely was kind of like yeah, learning how to play my deck a bit better um from that experience uh round two i played against uh mick jars demir Hon horrors uh which kind of fell apart when like all my creatures get bigger than deep dweller and um like i don't really i can like trample past it or i can like you know or i can uh, potentially block it and like um and i use can use fog spewer to stuff up the all the instants um so there was definitely one yeah there was one situation where they used violent collapse against me on from the sideboard and i used a blossoming defense in response to make my creature larger than uh yeah larger than the violence collapse and could just crack back um but uh that was a big blowout um and yeah it turns out flip uh flipped uh bulb swords really good <laughs> um though yeah I, though at this stage i hadn't actually really gotten any of the nut draws um that like i'd been getting in the leagues so i was getting a little bit concerned that like oh maybe like i just got really lucky in the league um but ended up uh uh but i would end up getting them a bit later uh round three i played up against um who did i play up against in round three not i played up against d batterskull um, yeah, that's right. Because Pip and I, uh, yeah, so bird is bird is the words, um, and that was a really interesting matchup because, uh, like, the they had lots of like cheap removal, such as like storm surge and scorch, which could often like keep me off tilt kilter, and then they could, uh, you know, very often very quickly use life life giving waters, which I believe is now banned. <laughs> uh, Correct um to either yeah to get out their uh, firebirds uh from their graveyard and um however they're actually their scuttling gnats <laughs> weren't necessarily all that great because i have a uh, main deck reach in uh the avatar um yeah avatar of the natural or whatever it's called um but yeah i managed so this felt pretty tough and it was a bit dependent on like when i could get down that we had a lot of like really interesting racing situations where like i had to you know uh you know keep up um blossoming defense at perfectly the right time or like block the firebirds with my 
like reach creatures and trade them off uh, at the right time. And um, yeah, it was was a really interesting matchup. Uh, that I'd like I'd like to play more of. Um, ended up going two and one. Uh, yeah, I really enjoyed commentating it. Yeah, yeah. Um, definitely, definitely think like you know. There were very sm- there were small things that both of us could have done to have easily come out you know uh, ahead more, um, but a lot a lot of things to take into account. Uh, yeah, and then uh, round four, I played up against uh, Crush Castle, and Crush Castle was playing the usual uh, uh, crazy <laughs> train deck. Um, unfortunately, I kind of just like drew- got the nut draw twice in a row. Um, and like Crush Castle's deck does not run a lot of interaction. And so it's just like, okay, here's like swing for 18 on turn three. Uh, because, uh, you know, when you, when you can flip a, yeah, when you can, you know, flip a Bulbasaur, uh, and, uh, then, you know, play out a caddy and like, you know, then cat you know caddy counters on your avatar make your avatar giant and it's just with all kinds of silliness so um <laughs> yeah that that was kind of definitely my best matchup because like i i goldfish faster than crazy train essentially mm-hmm. um though there was an interesting playing around replicator mage in uh out of the sideboard was like super interesting um where like you know, because I'm playing these giant, uh, giant creatures, and replicated mage can sometimes just go like, "Oh, okay, you're attacking." You know, you're attacking with your uh, Bessie Brood. Okay, that's going to like be my. I'm going to make a copy of Bessie Brood, and you know, uh, you know, really crush that. And I had one or two <laughs> situations where I think I played around that uh, reasonably well. Um, yeah. So gone to the. Yeah, top eight uh, was feeling like medium good. Like I definitely felt that my deck was well positioned in what other people were bringing against aggro, um, but I d- was still worried about like decks like uh, um, decks like Dodgers that like played a lot of main deck removal. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the top eight. Um, I played against Canterbury Egg first. Which, what was Canterbury Egg on? Uh, uh Black Theocracy. Oh, yeah, the Theocracy. Uh, I do not remember these games at all. <laughs> oh, no, that's right. Yes, so, <laughs> oh, god. Yes, this is another, like, you know, another toddy situation. Uh, Profane M- had some interesting. Re- Racing situations where like profane emissaries is four four lifelinker and I'm like okay I think I can actually race this uh, which was a weird situation <laughs> um, and then but one of the games I mulled down to I believe it was four and then turn one they play dead set duo and dead set duo that whenever it deals damage to a player you can pay black and sacrifice it to make uh, that player discard two cards and so I'm just like oh no <laughs> oh no not like this. And then I somehow <laughs> ended up winning that game. I still don't know how. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, no, I was basically flipped to Bulbasaur. was really good. Um, and uh, also, so many of egg, of Canterbury Eggs creatures can't necessarily block. They drew like 
three out of their four dead set duos. And so it's like, oh, okay, I can't like uh, if I can't attack into you into your giant things, this is really bad for me because uh, you can slap me back for a lot. Um, yeah, that was that was that was interesting. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, having these big yeah, it's definitely a weird feeling like you know normally like something like profane emissary really shuts down a lot of burn and aggro, right? Well, it's like, okay, uh, you will gain four life, but then I'll swing back at you for 12. So, like, maybe I could outrace this and <laughs> that's a weird situation. Um, ne- uh, yeah, so... That was me. Then I had our rematch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so the rematch, I ended up going 2-0. I don't actually remember a lot of the details uh, of... Yeah, I, I think it was, like... The oh, no, that's right. I had some of the really interesting plays where like i didn't game game two i didn't play anything turn two because so that i could keep up blossoming defense turn three or something and that ended up paying right so. yeah yeah i remember that um yeah there's certainly some like sometimes it looked like there wasn't a lot like going on but also like you know there were there was a lot of things both of us had to think about uh and uh it was it was a stressful matchup for me because like i knew <laughs> i'd lost against it before but also i thought i had the tools to potentially get there as long as i could keep like my big trample creatures alive and yeah i think um, overall you outplayed me um that's mm, how i would mm. put it uh and then finally uh yeah i made it to the finals and won two and one versus uh anna with uh the uh very very scary aristocrats deck um uh yeah the some of the yeah the the amount of like drain and like sacrifice value that the aristocrats deck can get out is super terrifying and uh i was very i've played against aristocrats deck a couple times in the league and like uh mao is like <laughs> a hell of a card um which thankfully, has never really been nerfed but yeah which has recently been nerfed uh yeah as well as um the imp uh what was it imp something uh, imp den mother yeah like you know using that to like you know drain for like you know 12 or more with like young necromancers um yeah we had a little bit of a uh yeah blip in the final rounds which was a bit disappointing but um uh overall like the yeah it was a really really interesting matchup and one that like you know could easily go on either way i would describe it as a very dramatic match overall Mm-hmm. <laughs> um but yeah so ended up winning my second gp i'm now at a 50 percent win rate so woohoo <laughs> yeah congratulations <laughs> Um, so overall, I feel like the breakout deck of this GP was something in the green counters core. So Ruben, mm. while well, your list and Tubble's list are fairly different, like I think the splash color and presence of burn in Tumble's list and the presence of seed shrine um, in your list is like a very notable distinction. Um, mm-hmm. I think I think it's really safe to say that you know we had a high 20s in terms of how many people showed up for this GP 
I think it was like 28 or something crazy like that. And both of the decks that were green counters decks made it into the top eight, uh, yeah. which is a kind of ludicrous conversion rate. Um, but other than those decks, what other decks do you think did better than expected or worse than expected this GP? Uh, what archetypes, etc.? I think Aristocrats like really could have easily taken the whole thing and like was just had some crazy like matches where it didn't even look fair. Uh, um, I think I was kind of surprised that um, Thum kind of sputtered out. I'm not sure if it's just because people respect the deck now more and are bringing more grave hate or what. So I know that when I hit Thum, I I lost my last GP. Uh, it went in pretty badly to Thum, and I wasn't interested in repeating that again. So when I was building this deck, there were definitely some small deck building decisions I made that were just like, nah, fuck it, I'm not going to lose to Thum this game, or this match. Um, which was easier because this was not a GP where I brought Cursory Glance, so Exit was the only dead card. Um, but I definitely felt like I had a lot of tech where it's just like, cool, uh, Mpumo is really good against Thum. Uh, <laughs> I had Memento Moris in my sideboard. Um, I can't remember if I ended up main decking any of them. I know he came close to, but I was—I think I said, "Now nah, that's that's too much. Calm the fuck down." Um, <laughs> but yeah, the—I definitely felt like when I wasn't unprepared for that matchup, it was really not that hard. Um, one of the things that's just kind of fundamentally true about MSEM and playing interactive decks is we don't have good catch-all answers. And that sounds ridiculous for everyone that's been living through Pithwill to your uh, two-drop, <laughs> whether that's an enchantment or artifact or creature or planeswalker, I don't care, it's Pithwilted. Um, but it's true. Pithwilt has an obvious blind spot. Cursory Glance has an obvious blind spot. Rot has an obvious blind spot. And one of the reasons that Thum was so good is it just it dodged all of it. So it's like, here's my four mana, four, four. You cannot interact with that um, if you're a yeah. control deck. It also kind of dodges Event Horizon, which is kind of the mm -hmm. new kid on the block with regards to very strong removal. Um, and with the Journey's End nerf, that's even more true. Yeah, yeah. Or Journey's End change, I guess. Yeah. Um, the the other thing I would say on that front is the fact that Thum's creatures are all so cheap and it draws so many cards off of the Draconic Divulging means that just playing a strategy where, like, e even if you do hit it with um, removal that does work, um, so the, the creatures aren't cheap in terms of how much mana they cost. Uh, like at, Their mana values are still pretty high, so you can't pith with them. But if you spend three mana for hard removal on a Thum creature that they realistically spent two mana at most on, you're actually kind of insanely behind, because that one mana will make a difference. Uh, yeah, Thum's... And, and... And a yeah. lot of the time, if you're using, if it's like a Piff Will or something, it's going into their graveyard and making all their other things cheaper. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's pretty silly. Um, uh, the other, the other card I wanted to mention that I think was interesting was we saw a lot of scuttling nets, um, but they didn't necessarily do amazingly. Uh, I yeah. think there's, a, there's an asterisk there in that two of the scuttling net decks were both insect tribal, which. Like, let's face true. it, <laughs> it's not the optimal <laughs> deck to bring to a GP. <laughs> true, true. I guess I was uh, mainly looking at the, like, Phoenix lists, etc. Um, oh, yeah, I think that deck's really good. I yeah, think, I mean, less so now that Life-Giving Waters is banned, but uh, still very yeah. good. Yeah, Life-Giving Waters being banned means it can't turn two out any Phoenixes, um, mm -hmm. and its turn threes are harder. Um, it's still doable, 
Actually, no, it can turn two phoenixes. That's really funny. You do turn one, orchestrate a storm surge, turn two, loot away two phoenixes. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and then cast your third spell. Well, I had, wow. That happened to me, and like, <laughs> it's... Whew. Yep. I'm glad, um, I'm glad Avatar the Natural has reached. Like. So I think MSEM definitely has had various different phases where, you know, just various different types of decks were king. Like, we've had long periods of time where it felt like it was combo robust. Um, we've mm-hmm. had periods of time where it's mid-range decks, ideally mid-range decks with combo backup plans or other over-the-top mechanisms. Um, we've had some periods of time where it really feels like control decks, even if they don't end up winning events um, as much, they just are kind of this oppressive feeling that everyone experiences throughout the event. Right now, I would say MSEM is in the age of aggro. Um, and I'm not mm-hmm. sure if that's just because of the aggro threats as they are currently tuned, or it's because of the people that are choosing to play aggro, or the decks that people are playing into aggro, or how they're sideboarding. But it really feels like right now, if you want to succeed in MSEM, where you should be is you should be playing some proactive one drop and killing your opponent on for like a goldfish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like, uh, and I think we can see already people like kind of reacting to that uh, with either like finding you know decks that are you know good aggro decks that are also good in the mirror or uh you know having more sideboard plans to be able to uh, handle aggro i think what you should be doing is just running more one mana removal um stuff like highlight <laughs> ambush uh descend on the helpless exeunt um void flare yeah, man. Just I've seen someone playing egg sands. Like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I definitely, I think some of those are actually bad because there's a lot of like, we were just talking about Doom, and also like for the the window in which you can void flare most of the mono green counters creatures is tiny. Hell, the window where you can twilight ambush them is not that big. It's uh, <laughs> true. So I, I I do think I agree with you that people need. Playing more one mana removal because that's actually the only way you can efficiently answer a two mana creature is one mana. Um, and I think people, this is going to sound weird to say, and like it might sound like I'm saying this because I was just playing villainy. I think people are playing too much flexible removal right now. Um, I don't think it's bad to play Pithwilt, but I think it's possible that it's not as good as playing something like Frailty. I don't know. Some the, like I think part of the issue is people are currently taking a hit to the efficiency of their interaction in order to play more broad interaction because they're worried that they're going to hit something weird and unexpected in the GP. I think to some extent it would be best if I, I think if you want to win, you're probably better off accepting that. Sure, if I hit if I hit someone playing something really weird and off the cuff, I'll die to them. But yeah. Here are the like three best aggro decks in the format that are known quantities that people usually show up at a GP with, that we have multiple people who like them and are tuning them. I'm going to bring removal that hates on those decks. Um, the other thing that I was really impressed by, and that I think people need to keep more of an eye on when building control decks, is I've generally found that Violent Collapse is getting worse and worse versus the aggro decks that exist. Like, I don't think it's good versus yes. Burn. I mm-hmm. don't think it's good versus Doom. I don't think it's good versus Counters. To the extent that versus Doom and uh, Burn, I I just don't board it in if I have it in my sideboard, <laughs> which means that I haven't been bringing collapse to GPs. Um, and I think four mana uh, board wipes like uh, the Afterlife takes its due are good, but they're not great. Um, and I think the best board wipe in the format right now is easily face the dawn. 
I think that card is so so ludicrous. I, I will okay, say you, um, you don't like remorse, or uh... I think four mana is too much mana. I think the fact that Face the Dawn mm -hmm. is three mana when you're against the Nagra deck is really all you need it mm -hmm. to be. I, I will say that I, I think if I had remorse in my sideboard um, versus Ruben, I would be favored. I, I believe that. I think that makes a huge difference. Yeah, I, I, I think the four mana hard wipes are specifically good against the mono green. counters. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, less I so. I think they're also good versus Tomb. I think they're also good versus Tomb. Oh, yeah. They're mm -hmm. bad versus Burn. Um, that's one of the reasons I like uh, Face the Sun, is it actually feels like a passable card versus Burn. Um, but I think, I think you're not. I think if you're not in black, you don't need to play black in order to have access to Face of the Dawn. But yep. I think you probably, if you are in white black, or if you're playing control deck and you're not sure what colors to go in, you should highly consider white black. Yeah, yeah and uh, just for mm -hmm. those who don't know off the top of their head, Face of the Dawn's the free white black sorcery, costs two less if your uh, life total is less than half your starting life total, destroy all creatures. Yeah. Um, uh yeah, the I guess the other card that I think should definitely see more play after seeing it in action is uh, the commands that <laughs> that um, uh, Dodger played, like uh, Acrius's command or Acrianos's command. Yeah, Acrianos. the card really surprised me. Holy moly, yeah. that card was just absurd, and like I had to do some absurdly wild, like you know, play around things to like actually. Uh, <laughs> get some of the wins that I got in the you know rematch like yeah like if you didn't have blossoming defense that card alone would have won me the match for sure oh oh my yeah. god it's <laughs> it, it, like I'm I'm I am putting I am putting three to four copies of that in bad flash like after the scene did you did you not play that in bad flash because that feels right up that deck's alley yeah like, no no I I did not play it in bad flash and like I should be playing like like I've been looking for a good free drop in Band Flash, and like, uh, holy moly, that! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, it... the one other thing I would say on that front is there is another. So that cycle is generally actually kind of awful. Like the um, the Grixis colors in that are just like sorry, not Grixis. Um, the the green one's really bad. The black one is good, sometimes mm -hmm. great, mostly just good. And the uh, red and blue one are also awful. Um, yep. The black one, uh, Kefthra's uh, command, is two black-black. Um, Tar player sacrifices a creature. All creatures get minus one, minus one until end of turn. Uh, you draw two cards and lose two life. Um, and uh, each player discards two cards. So Notably, the, the discard two cards is before the you draw two cards, though. Yeah, that's a good yep. point. Um, and it's an instant. So you can also mind rot someone in their draw step. And yes, it does wow. cause you to discard two cards, but you also get to draw two cards, so it's it's fine. Um, it's a card where I have there's been past times where I've liked it, but I think four mana is a really hard sell in control decks. So I think that card mm. probably shines in more spell-based mid-range decks. Um, yeah, I, it's possible. I, I think, I think yeah. if there was more like of the white tokens, like... You know, mm -hmm. uh, or pe people playing more one ones and two ones. I think I could see the card finding a spot, but uh, that mode is pretty useless at the moment. I would say. Yeah, uh, it, it is nice that like you have an option versus token decks and an option versus oh, yeah. non-token oh, yeah. decks. And if you're yeah. a board board that's like a thing and a bunch of tokens, you can answer all of them at once. Uh, no, you can't do that one. 
Yeah, <laughs> unfortunately, the sacrifice. I don't know why the sacrifice is. So that'll. Oh, no, actually, it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because it doesn't they, matter, yeah. they can sacrifice. They after, yeah. yeah, yeah. Ah, bloody okay, rules. I, I lied. So it's, I lied. it's actually it's actually first to stop people from making that exact misplay. Is how is why. <laughs> Rip. Where they're like, all um, right, I guess we'll have to sacrifice the thing that isn't a token. Yeah. Damn. So so I guess uh, the thing is uh. Yeah, like uh, with all this aggro, like with the, sorry, with the uh, we, we've talked a bit about like what's good against Foom, and we've talked a bit about like what's good against a lot of the burn decks. What would you all bring against the green counters decks in the future? If you if that's something you think is going to be a bigger part Honest? of the meta, unconditional sweepers is the biggest one. Yeah. I think I would bring basically the exact seventy five I brought to this GP. Like, mm -hmm. There might be some small changes, but like Xenocrat's fleet might be not the threat I want. On the other hand, making the extra tokens to chump block is huge. Um, but that deck has it all. It has a bunch of point-and-click hard removal. It has removal starting on turn one. It has a fairly quick kill once it has the game locked up. Um, it has life gain. It has hard uh, sweepers out of the sideboard. Like, I definitely feel like the white block villainy deck is favored, even if not by a crazy mount, by a non-zero mount, um, yep. versus the counters aggro deck. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I, I was certainly glad I didn't run into you in the, in the GP. <laughs> um, but I guess, I guess, more I was thinking for like other uh, other deck like, archetypes. Uh, I mean, I think, I think the thing that I wouldn't want to do is I wouldn't want to be on a dirtily mid range deck. If I was yeah. on a mid-range deck, I would want, like, eight-plus pieces of removal. Um, mm. Ideally, most of it being two mana. Um, like, the, that's not a deck where you can say, well, I have four Demon Worthies and two Pith Wilts, I'll be fine. Like, you'll, you'll get beaten to death is what you'll get. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I probably wouldn't want to play other creature-based aggro decks that aren't counters, because I think counters just cannot lose the, like, Turn creature sideways mirror. Yeah, the um, only the only creature deck that I ha was had trouble with was the phoenixes. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's because uh, you know they could literally like get out two free two flyers on turn two or whatever, and I was like, yeah. ah. <laughs> um, I think if there are combo decks people have been considering, I think mm. that's probably really good versus the mono green counters deck. Like, I don't know how yeah. your deck beats. Uh, Turn two, I'm going to get a Chick U champion in my graveyard. Or turn three, I'm going to reanimate it. Like the answer might be uh, Sacrificial Bowl, but Fox that Peter? only works. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't really slow them that much. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, notably, yeah, like notably combos that don't like go to the board, like Crush Castle's Crazy Train, I crush, yeah. but yeah, ones that can get huge board advantages, like the uh, reanimation deck with Chick U champion, I. I would probably struggle against. Um, I also think one thing that's true about Crazy Train is it's a very it's a, well, very might be strong. It's a fairly reliable deck, but it's not a absurdly fast deck. Like it's not, it's never going to turn to you, and it's basically never going to turn three you, but it will fairly reliably turn for you. Uh, yeah. Which mm -hmm. that's that's what this format is balanced around, um, and I think that's the sort of thing where Fox Bureau really can come in clutch is if you play Fox Bureau turn two. If you're on the play, you know they're screwed. If you're on the draw, they're having a hard time, um, yep. and you can close people very quickly once you've put a lock on them. Um, 
but if a deck, um, so there there was for a while a combo deck that used villainy as its win condition and also as like you know its way of grinding out value in the early to mid game. Um, and I think villainy based combo decks would probably crush the mono green counters deck for a very right. similar reason as I outlined about white black villainy, but also it can just goldfish you. Um. Yeah. Did Did we want to uh, talk about any things that are like coming in with the next sets, or leave that to another podcast? Yeah. So actually, I don't. I don't want to get like into a card by card view because that is something yeah. that we'll do in some other episode. Um, but I think the general a general thing to consider is based on the upcoming sets. Um, what are some decks you guys are exploring for this upcoming GP? Is there any bit of your mind that's like, I'm going to run the same thing back? Um, do you think the GP uh, is going to look particularly different in any way? Uh, I, mean, I think the GP is going to look very different. Uh, yeah, uh, so I'm likely not running back counters because I don't think there's quite enough new thing. Like, basically, all the ch changes are very minor, I would make at the moment. Um, the deck I'm currently looking at is uh, I'm looking at you some sort of core charge deck, core charging deck. Mm. Um, <laughs> I think that uh, scary. <laughs> I think that card is really good, and uh, <laughs> Dodger like pin me perfectly where I, I like to find a single like you know super powerful synergy and just like keep tuning that until I get the right deck. Um, and so that's currently what I'm playing with um the other thing is there's some really exciting like pressure tools in uh, uh elmar elmari so uh yeah that they're also kind of looking some of those look kind of really exciting so i want to explore some of those so you currently don't plan on having a first mate this gp no i currently currently i think I think there are several first mates that are playable, but none like n none of them necessarily like scream that they're so absurd that I want to like go into that. I want I want someone to beat me with first mate first, basically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think the the opening hand change to first mates uh, was a pretty sizable nerf. Um, I think that now you give up a lot more by. Uh, running them just because you don't get the benefit of randomly turning a dead card late game into your creature. Um, and instead you have to, like, there are going to be games where you don't even put them in your hand, you know? So um, I, I do think people will play them. I think they'll probably be pretty good, but I don't think they're going to be, like, this big meta changer, at least at the moment. Um, so the main thing that I'm currently thinking about is... Partially in reference to something that uh, Ruben uh, just mentioned, where, you know me, every GP I look at, I'm like, all right, which edicts can I bring to this GP? Uh, <laughs> it's no different. I'm kind of high on the idea of main decking multiple Memento Moris to this GP. I think there's going to be a lot of people fucking around with pressure. I think yeah. Memento Mori is good against the counters decks. I think it's fine against Burn. Um, I think it's great against Boom. And there's just... It feels like it lines up really nicely against a lot of the proactive decks in the format. And mm. so as long as you don't hit, like, crazy training, as long as you don't hit Toddy, <laughs> as long as you don't hit someone who's just playing, like, mana aesthetic into busted planeswalkers, 
I think Memento Mori is a great place to be right now. Um, the one issue with playing meta-specific answers like that is you almost always then have the confirmation bias of you don't think about the times where, oh yeah, no, that lined up really well and I felt good about the yeah, decision. Yeah. decision. You only remember all the times where you chose, I'm going to register Exion, and then you hit nothing but either creatureless decks or token decks. You're like, hmm, <laughs> maybe I shouldn't have done this. <laughs> uh, speaking of busted planeswalkers, should we reveal the secret tech? Oh yeah. <laughs> so the secret tech is uh, Tamiyo from um, from Darkseas. I think yeah, all card. of it, like both me and Egg, kind of looked at this card and it's like it's Tamiyo, so we didn't really read it, like what it does, but it draws I, you a billion cards. <laughs> I immediately started playtesting with it and just like you play your three drop planeswalker minus two, you still have two loyalty on your three drop planeswalker, and she draws you three cards. <laughs> You know, because uh, creature land cameo. If you draw in the mid game, which like, is this from? It's from Dark Seas of Sherian. So she oh. is one green blue for a four mana. Uh, sorry, four loyalty planeswalker. She has a plus two, a minus two, and a minus eight. The plus two is scry two. Then you untap up to one land you control. Honestly, that's a fine ability. It's potentially a ramp spell if you have another uh, dork in mm. hand. Scrying two is good. Uh, the minus two is you draw cards equal number of card types. Five loyalty as well, so like she's never dying. <laughs> Except a six loyalty. It's a plus two. Wait, right? It's a plus yeah, yeah. one on the. It's a plus uh, one on the on instigator. Um, uh, it is a have, plus one. All right, I think I might have an outdated version of that image. Interestingly, all right, I have updated that. Um, <laughs> but okay, so plus one's much more reasonable because yeah. I was going to say that card threatens to ult terrifyingly fast for a three-mana walker with as good of an ult. Yeah, plusing up to five, she doesn't die easily. Uh, her minus two is you draw equal the number of card types among permanency control, uh, then discard one card. Uh, the reason it's card types instead of permanent types is it means if you have a tribal land or a tribal creature, for instance, <laughs> uh, you will draw an additional card. Uh, tribal land is just a neat little thing with pools. I think tribal creature is the intentional thing um, because Egg Standard has access to uh, tribal revelations. Yeah. Uh, and then her minus eight, which again she gets uh so she has to uptick four times, then old so that's around turn eight, I wanna say. Uh yeah. so yeah. kind of kind of unlikely unless you're against a control deck, and also if you're against a control deck, you should probably, you know be drawing cards. Do, be drawing cards. But if there's a certain reason, like if you're if your opponent is playing like a counterspell based control deck and you know for a fact they won't be able to remove a resolve cameo. Her ult is you get omniscience and the uh, until end of turn, and you can also cast spells from your graveyard. Um, but <laughs> things get exiled as you cast them, obviously. Um, so you can kill people very effectively. Is my main point. Um, and she's a three drop. Like that's the thing. I think she would be decent. She would definitely be playable. She might even be good at four mana. But at three mana, I think it's very likely she will go the way of. Uh, uh, Mabel and um, Sevid before her, and end up at four mana. <laughs> um, so I think that playing the a... Empires pushing their three mana Planeswalkers, who would have thought? <laughs> I know. See, this is why I made the decision... Well, wait, shit, I can't joke about my three mana walkers all sucking when Katie just won a GP. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Katie, yeah, Katie I, was I, like, by far the best card in my deck, so... Uh, <laughs> She was thoroughly meh for a while. She was fine. She was yeah. fine. Um, 
I got to see one instance of someone playing out, uh, they went, um, Elvish Opportunist into Elvish Opportunist, untapped the falling turd, played Katie. Yeah, that's Downtown someone Katie. with Ruben, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, I, I was going to say, no, it's no, either... No, it wasn't, it was Elvish Opportunist into Hierarch Ranger into Katie, yeah. I, I saw a two and double Elvish Opportunist start okay. Um, okay. in a league game. Which mean I mean, hey, it's only swing for six on turn two. It could have been nine if they had hit the third elvish opportunist. Yeah. Um, yeah. I. Uh, yeah. Uh, often. Yeah. I did the game that I went. Uh, yeah, that I did eighteen damage on turn three against Crush Castles was like, yeah, uh, elvish opportunist into Hierarch Ranger, uh, turn two Avatar of the Natural, turn three Katie, uh, and it's like, oh, Hierarch uh, Avatar of the Natural gets like. How many counters? Twelve or something? Like, because it doubles the counters that it gains from the other things getting the counters as well. So it was just like, done. <laughs> yeah, it got done. Uh, anyway, wait, wait, wait. yeah, yeah. So anyway, new tools from, uh, yeah, from the new sets. I think uh, the the deck that I'm going to be looking at is probably another unearth deck. Uh, I think there are ooh. a lot of really cool. Uh, oh my god, with pressure. Um, not necessarily with pressure cards, but I think that I, uh, Oil Driller is a really good card to unearth. Um, mm. Deal four damage to your opponent, get a card back for one mana is really sweet. Um, I also like Two-Face Marauder for that kind of strategy. It can go really well with stuff like Blood Jade Prophet. Um, and I think that Dusk Lieutenant is also a pretty interesting three-drop to try to unearth. So I'm going to be messing around with that kind of thing. I still haven't found the suite of creatures that I want, but like there's a lot of neat stuff to try, so uh, I'm excited for that. I'll probably be playing some iteration of that in the GP. Uh, Dodger, real quick, yeah. actually. Um, so I know you don't follow Legacy. Um, I only just recently eh, sort started of getting Legacy. Out. Okay, so they banned Oko. Uh, people have gone crazy about what things you can now play, um, mm. and what just won the Legacy Challenge is an Esper Mentor deck featuring two copies up on Earth. Hog! Um, <laughs> where the gameplay pattern apparently versus Delver is you play Mentor on three, they of course bolt it or counter it, you literally shrug, you untap, you unearth, and you start casting cantrips. <laughs> Let's go! <laughs> so what if you want to just run... If, if you want to... Well, then you're playing against a control deck and you don't need to jam your Mentor on turn three. I, I mean, I would I would play more Legacy and Modern, except for like the monetary investment, basically. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, my point is, you should just throw Union Rail Strikebreaker and uh, the uh, monk you uh, did a decent job with into a Unearth Shell and call it a day. Honestly, that sounds awesome. <laughs> I feel like finding instants that work well in that deck is going to be hard, but I do like the idea of persevering Center Deck Light. Uh, and and <laughs> then you put it. Then you put in Theocracy. And you're good. Uh, <laughs> See, um, I, I try to do this a lot where I just throw all my favorite cards into a deck and then realize there's no room for the support cards. I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, another card I've got my eye on is uh, Seto San, the Dragon Blade. Like, oh, yeah. It makes, life, it makes lifelink tokens and it's. Uh, and she's and, lifelinking. And she's lifelinking, and you like. I need to take a look to see what the best like search uh, targets are because like so that's a... I've been uh, using Setosan as like a way to randomly get out your temporary treason. 
Yeah, so the things <laughs> I have in my set of sand toolbox in every set of sand deck I've built so far is uh, one Academics Claymore, uh, one copy of uh, Staff of Equilibrium, and two copies yep. of Temporal Treason. Oh, sorry, Temporary Treason. Nice. I, nice. I actually got a, got a DM from El Makino today asking my thoughts on Set of Sand as a ramp tool to find Primal Resurgence, like the kind of uh, Utopia Sprawl esque card. Huh. Um, oh, yeah, that's. I mean, I, I, re, I considered Set of Sand uh, finding. Um, Finding our abundant growth line. The other thing I like is you yeah. can plus one set of sand, then the following turn, minus four her, grab Hila emergence. Um, Wait, is it Hila five? I thought Hila was four. Does that work? No, no Hila is definitely. Unless you guys buffed it, like Hila is. No, five. It's, it's five mana, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I remember that like, as a four mana five five because that. Or, sorry, it's a five mana six six. That's, that's yeah, why I was getting confused. But still, this is, this is an interesting. <laughs> Like, if you remember when we talked about like the potential future ruler of cities deck, like, set of oh, set right. oh my deck. god, yeah, wait, we're finally gonna do it, we're gonna make it, happen. <laughs> yes, we did it. <laughs> um, I we also think it's some, pretty like, funny that, oh, sorry, yeah, oh, set of saying can minus one to grab tether of simplicity to immediately shut off, um, people's planeswalkers or any like mana rocks or mana dorks that they run. Mm. Um, it's not hard to run a single pacifism type effect. There's a three uh, anyway, I, 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 we're probably getting too much into card by card. Yeah, sorry for the G. Uh, that's, uh, this should be in the review. Yeah, but yeah, um, <laughs> there's there's a lot of powerful things you can do in DSS and uh, Almari, um, and I'm really excited to see what people do with them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think the GPs immediately after a set rotates in, oh, or multiple sets rotate in, is like always super exciting. Very open field. You get to see a lot of really uh, interesting things. Yeah, I gotta say I'm very nervous because this is the first time one of my sets has been added, and I just really hope <laughs> something doesn't break. <laughs> I mean, if things break, it's just you you fix them. You fix them, yeah, <laughs> or, or, or get banned. <laughs> yeah, um, it's always so exciting. Yeah, for sure. Um, the yeah. So anyway, I look forward to talking to both of you in about a month. After um, <laughs> realistically, one of the two of you has won this GP, and we're talking about how many of Dodger's <laughs> cards we're going to need to nerf. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh come on, come I just, on! I, I just won't I, play I, any of my I cards. I believe in you. You can you can win the GP this time. <laughs> I just won't play any of my cards, so that when I win, it won't be my card's fault. Yeah, that's ah, true. <laughs> okay, so you just you just break doxies. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, just get, get egg shit banned instead. <laughs> exactly. All right. Okay. Uh, thank you, everyone, uh, for listening, and um, I hope you all enjoyed this episode.